What is going on, everybody? I am Greg Helbeck, and my co-host, Michael Pinter, and I are bringing you another episode of the New York Real Estate Investing Show. This show is all about how to be successful in New York State, one of the best places and one of the most difficult places to do business in. And each and every week, Michael and I are going to bring awesome content to everybody who wants to learn how to do this business successfully in New York. Between the both of us, we have done hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of deals. We've made millions of dollars and we've also made a ton of mistakes. So if you want to try your best to avoid those mistakes, definitely take a listen to this podcast. Every single week, we are going to provide actionable, tactical steps on how you can be successful investing in the Empire State of New York. Stay tuned and welcome to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's podcast. And I'm actually going to do a solo cast this week. I'm not going to air any interviews or I'm not going to do any REI deal breakdowns or REI weekly lessons. I'm actually going to do an interesting podcast. So the point of this video is to tell you, how did I get to where I'm at? And I'm not trying to make this seem like a big chest pounding podcast. I think a lot of people hear success stories in real estate. And if you're not familiar with me, I'm Greg Hellbeck. I've been a real estate investor for over eight years now. It's crazy how time flies. I've done very well in this business, done like 175 plus deals. I honestly stopped counting. This year we'll do over a million bucks in business and I own rental properties and you know I'm a re- relatively established real estate investor, entrepreneur. So not a lot of other entrepreneurs that I see really share their story on how, how did they get to where they're at currently, right? You see a lot of people talk about success and what they're doing and how many deals they're doing, but nobody really tends to share their background. How did they get to that place? Like what led them to get there? And it's, I think it's important to share how someone, you know, some people say when you deal with an experienced real estate investor, they've forgotten more than the new person would ever know. Right. And I'm not saying that's me, but I think there's a lot of stuff that I've knowledge and experience that I've accumulated over the years that, I forget about sometimes and something that I might glance over could really make the difference for somebody who, who wants to get started or who might be established. You know, you never know what you can say in a podcast or a YouTube video that could really change the game for someone. I know that game changer thing gets thrown out a lot, but if you hear the right information and you take action, you'd be surprised on, on what people actually implement. So how did I get to where I'm at? Right. I'm 28 years old. I've been doing this business since I was 20, so this is the only thing I've ever done in my like professional career. I've had jobs in high school and whatnot. I was a lifeguard at a pool and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, I got into real estate in a weird way. I was playing hockey and I wanted to play pro hockey and I, I couldn't get to the NHL. I did not get to the NHL. Surprise, surprise. So I had to accept the fact that I had to go to college, which I wasn't against doing, but I didn't really. I wanted to go play college hockey, and that wasn't really in the cards either. So I had to go to community college. So after the hockey thing came to an end, playing in Boston and a little bit in Canada, I moved back in with my parents at the ripe old age of, I think, 20. Yeah, I was 20. I think I had to be 20, either 19 or 20. I think it was 20. I did not have very good grades in high school, so I wasn't very marketable to like, you know, four-year colleges. I don't think I got into many. Got into a few, but they were the kind of the, the colleges where if you, you know, fog a mirror, you get enrolled and you pay full price. So I didn't want to do that. So I went to community college and uh, I stayed at my parents' house and I was 20 years old. I kind of felt like a loser, honestly, because I wanted to play hockey and, you know, I didn't make it to the NHL, you know, and I was kind of pissed about that. And obviously I had like this belief that I was going to be successful playing in the NHL. And, you know, you get to a point in your athletic career sometimes, if you're a former athlete listening to this or watching this, you kind of know what I'm talking about. And I was at my parents' house 
And I, I, I really, the interesting thing that kind of planted, I guess, the entrepreneur bug in me was I was never a big reader and I never really consumed material to educate and to improve myself. Like I was just always like listening to like sports podcasts, which I still listen to to this day, but you know, not as much as I used to. And, and I was always just kind of like, you know, watching TV and, and none of that stuff is inherently bad. But I, I never really absorbed self-information or self-help, whatever you want to call it. And I remember when I was playing hockey, I remember I was kind of like struggling and I was like, and it was all mindset for me. It wasn't, it wasn't like a, I mean, I, I certainly could have always gotten better, but like I, a lot of my issues in hockey were mindset stuff. Like I just, I'd get in my own head. I would overthink stuff. I, my confidence would be in shitter or whatever. And I was always like, how do I fix this? And I've tried to go to sports psychologists and tried all this shit and it never really worked, but I remember I was on Amazon or Barnes. I forget where I was. I was I was browsing the internet back in the day when I was still playing hockey. And I ran into this book called Elite Minds by Stan Beecham. And it's actually not even that popular of a book. It's been around for a while. And um, it, it just seemed like an interesting, it, it seemed like a very interesting book. I'm going to tell you the actual like full title if you want to check it out. I'll tell you because the, the subtitle is really what got me. So it's called Elite Minds. And then the subtitle is, how winners think differently to create a competitive edge and maximize success. So I was playing hockey. I found this book. I think it was version one, and he's written an updated version since that I've read multiple times. And I was like, you know what? Maybe if I read that book, it'll help me in hockey. And this is towards the tail end of my hockey career. And I remember buying that book, and I read it. And this is the first book I've ever read, like, for fun. You know, I used to read, like, stupid books in high school that I had to read to take a test on. But this is the first book I, like, read, like, kind of, like, cover to cover. And I remember reading that book and it really like kind of opened my eyes up to how important the mindset is. And I remember like reading that book and then playing like pickup hockey or playing some sort of competitive hockey and just taking the stuff that I learned in that book, which took me like, a couple days to read, I was performing way better. And I was like, holy shit, like why didn't I find this book three, four years ago? Maybe it wasn't even out then, but you know, I was like, holy shit, this stuff actually works. So that sparked my interest in it sparked my interest in, in like reading books. And I, I that was kind of like what I was into at that point. So I, I stopped playing hockey. I read that book. It kind of planted a seed in my mind. And then I, I was going to college and I was going to community college. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was going to like get a bullshit business degree. And I remember I uh, wanted to get rich, right? Which was like, I wanted to play hockey to get rich and have like, I guess, notoriety, which is kind of like a stupid reason, I guess, but whatever. And I remember like, I, I knew I wasn't gonna get rich through hockey because I wasn't playing hockey anymore. So I'm like, I wanna get rich in business, right? And I wanna maybe be a stock guy. So I remember like my dad's friend was like a Wall Street guy. He does very well, he's pretty wealthy. And I remember like he, I saw his house and what, how much money he made. And I was like, holy shit, I wanna do that. So I remember kind of like looking into the stock market and Wall Street and I was in a Jim Cramer and I was kind of like paper trading stocks. And I opened up a brokerage account, put a couple hundred bucks in it, maybe made a few trades here and there. But I just was like, kind of like, eh. I don't know. I was just not really committed to it. I was just kind of more investigating it. And I remember like, as I was doing that, I was like, heard about real estate, like, and I wasn't like in the real estate yet, but I remember it was like more millionaires are created through real estate. Like you can get rich in real estate. Like you kind of, I think everyone kind of subconsciously knows that you can make a lot of money in real estate, whether you're flipping houses or you're a rental investor, like everyone kind of knows, like you can make a lot of money in real estate. I think every person in America might have that inclination. They might at least understand that's possible. And it never really crossed my mind. So I remember like, you know, I was learning about like house. I remember like also when I was playing hockey in Massachusetts, there was like one of our neighbors, I was living with a host family and one of our neighbors was like a house flipper. He's flipped, he flipped houses. 
And I was like, huh, like that's interesting. I guess you can make money doing that. And then I remember like my sister's friend, and this is like once I moved back with my parents here, my sister's friend's dad was a big house flipper, you know? And it's funny because I bet you, and I don't want to make this sound like douchey, but I remember at the time I was like, oh my God, he flips houses. And like he trained people on how to flip houses. And I bet you, and I'm not trying to say this to sound like a dick, but I bet you this year I did more business than him, not because I'm better than him, but I just think that over time I've been able to like, you know, work and learn to get to a point to where like, I bet you I did more business than him in my company now that, that I have than he was doing at the time, which is crazy. I just kind of had that insight right now. I'm just kind of like, wow, holy shit. That's, I would say it's 95% true. Could be wrong, but I think I'm right. I knew that he flipped houses and he made, he made money flipping houses. I knew the guy in Massachusetts was flipping houses. I knew there was money in real estate. And then what happened was I read Rich Dad Poor Dad. I was in the stock thing. I was kind of like fucking around with stocks. And I remember my other buddy's dad was like, hey, you should read this book called Rich Dad Poor Dad. And I never heard of that book before and I was 20 years old. And he's like, you should read this book. It'll be a good book for you to check out. And I told him I like to read and everything. And so I read this book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Funny story on that as I remember starting the book and then one day I went golfing with my buddy Devin who's actually also a successful real estate guy. And I, I he drove, so I got a little buzz because I didn't have to drive. And I remember going back to my parents' house and reading some of Rich Dad, Poor Dad in the pool kind of buzzed after drinking beers on the golf course. And I was like, it was almost like a flashbulb went off in my face. And I was like, holy shit, like this makes a lot of sense. And that kind of planted the seed a little bit more ingrained in my mind about real estate. And then... <laughs> After that, I remember I had a, like an odd job that summer that I could do kind of whenever I wanted. And I found this guy on Craigslist who needed his lawn weed whacked at this bed and breakfast in Greenwood Lake. And I could go there whenever I wanted. He'd pay me $20 an hour cash. I'd cut the weeds and I'd listen to podcasts. And I used to listen to a lot of like sports podcasts, but then I started listening to real estate podcasts. Found this podcast called Epic Real Estate Investing by Matt Terrio, who still does that show. And I know him now. It's crazy how you become friends with your heroes, I guess. And... I remember listening to that podcast. He was talking about real estate and escrow. And I remember, I think I also might have checked out Sean Terry's podcast back then. Uh, that might have been afterwards, after the seminar, which I'll get into in a minute. But I remember he's talking about real estate and I was kind of like, all right, this real estate thing seems interesting. And then that, I think September, so this was over the summer. So that's September. So it's going into the fall now of 2015. Um, this was, yeah, my buddy Anthony sent me a Snapchat and his Snapchat picture was a postcard of a real estate seminar in town. So Remember, uh, sent me the Snapchat. It was like real estate seminars in town. It was in Newburgh, New York at the Ramada Inn. I'll never forget that, right on 300, not far from where I grew up. And um, he was like, you guys should go to this. And I remember Anthony didn't actually go. He's successful now too in his own business. Uh, but he didn't go to the seminar. It was me, Kevin, and Devin, the three the three, uh, three of us, went to the seminar. And I remember, I went to that seminar. I didn't really know what to think. I was like, all right, I'm gonna go to this real estate seminar. I'm gonna check it out, see what they have to say. Didn't know it was a pitch fest or anything like that. So we go to the seminar and this guy talked about wholesaling, right? But the way that he said it made a lot of sense to me. He was like, you can find a seller who wants to sell their house at a cheap price and then you can get it in contract and you can find a buyer who wants to pay more than you're paying the seller. And then you can have the buyer actually send the money to the attorney or title company. And then the difference will be yours. And I was like, oh my God, you don't need any money to do this. So I thought, and I was like, that was interesting. And he, they just talked about a lot of real estate stuff. It was kind of a pitch fest. But at the end of that seminar, I remember they made an offer to go to the like higher up seminar for $2,000. And I was like, pretty much going to do it. And then I remember they said, you can take somebody for free. So essentially they're like kind of making the offer where you get like half off. And I looked back at Devin and Kevin. I said, I don't care about what you guys are doing. I'm going to do this, this next seminar. This is what I want to do. And I remember like at that seminar, like there was a moment at that seminar where 
I was like, I'm going to be a real estate investor. It was almost like, and I'm not super religious, but it was almost maybe like God tapped me on the shoulder being like, hey, like this is what you're going to do for your career. You're going to be a real estate investor. And it was like kind of like an epiphany moment. And that's, I would turn around and looked at him. I said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this next seminar. And I said, if you guys were smart, we could probably structure three for one. And Kevin was like, I'm not doing this. He's successful now with his own business too, which is funny. All of, all of us now are entrepreneurs. But I looked at Devin. I'm like, dude, let's just go in 50-50. You spend $1,000 each and we'll go to the seminar. We'll learn more and we'll go out and do this. And at the time, I, I had two grand in my bank account. Like this isn't like some bullshit story. Like if I could go back and show you, I would. Maybe I could crawl back through my bank statements through the years. But I had $2,000 in my bank account in cash. And that was half. It was half my bank account, right? And I was like, fuck, that's a big risk. But it is what it is. We signed up for this, the next seminar, put it on a credit card. I paid the $2,000. Devin gave me 1000 I think I paid the credit card off or whatever. Maybe I had a credit card balance, whatever. And we went to the seminar in Yonkers. It was a next-level next, next level seminar. Like They kind of went deeper on, on like more real estate training and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I remember like I was at that seminar, and they you know, went really kind of deeper into the weeds, and they talked about rehabbing and rentals and taxes and all this kind of stuff. And at the end of that seminar, they were like kind of making a pitch to do like a $50,000 program, and I was thinking about doing it, and they were trying to get you to raise your credit card. Typical seminar bullshit. And, you know, me and Devin were like, no, nah, we're not doing that. Like, we're just going to go out and take what we've learned at this point and implement it, right? So I remember this was uh, – so after that seminar, we were out in the streets like free chickens out of the cage. And we were, you know, we were out there. We decided to be partners at the time. We're still very good friends. We still do deals to this day, but we're no longer like 50-50 business partners. But we started out as partners. And I was like, the first, the thing I took away from the seminar was got to get motivated sellers. Like if you don't get motivated sellers, like you're not going to have, a, you know, deals. And I remember like I didn't have a lot of money to spend on marketing. They didn't really talk about like paid ads really. But I remember they were talking about Craigslist and Bandit Signs. And I remember I made a, went out after that seminar, I think that same day actually. And I went on Craigslist and I made a post like I buy houses cash. And literally the first call I ever got was like a motivated seller who had like a beat up property in Middletown. And he's like, hey, my townhouse, and it's funny, I own a townhouse just like that now as a rental, like not in that subdivision, but like not too far from it. And uh, man, if I had that lead to this day, we would have made a fortune on it. But this was eight years ago and I didn't know what I was doing. But I remember uh, I was like, oh my God, like this works. Like there's a motivated seller. He called me, I made an ad, he called me, holy shit. And we went out, looked at this property. He basically would have given us the property and we just didn't know what we were doing. We like fucked up the deal. And then we started putting bandit signs out after that. We were writing bandit signs with our own hands, putting them out. And we were getting a lot of calls. We were getting leads up the wazoo. We just didn't know what we were doing. We were fumbling the ball left, right, and center. And that's what I started doing is like basically I started every week putting out bandit signs, getting calls, talking to sellers, didn't know what I was doing. Did that for a long time. And then at that point, Devin and I, like he was basically, you know, we were doing this partnership thing in business and I was putting more work in than he was because he was flipping quads, doing well. And he just didn't really need to do the real estate as much at the time. And, you know, we, we eventually were like, you know what, like we're just going to do the real estate investing on our own and we're not going to be 50, 50 business partners in this real estate business anymore. So I remember I, I kept doing what I was doing, putting out bandit signs. And then I started to handwrite letters like on my own and, you know, doing all that. I needed mentors. I remember like you hear all these like success books and podcasts and all that stuff. And, you know, first thing they say is they're like, you got to get a mentor. If you don't have a mentor, you're screwed. And, you know, it could be true, but I know a lot of people who didn't have mentors and were also successful. But I remember the mentor thing, I'm like, who's a mentor who will like show me how to do this in New York. And I remember I called my good friend, Dave Brown, who I still do business with to this day, eight years later. And I, his website was ranked number one as sellnowhomebuyers.com. I Googled like cash home buyer near me, clicked on his website, called him. He actually answered, which is crazy. And I sounded like a typical new idiot. I was like, Hey, I'm new. I want to learn and blah, 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 blah. And I guess he 
heard something in me that stood out, whatever. I don't even remember what I said, honestly. And he was like, yeah, I'd love to have you help me. And he's like, can you actually do me a favor? Can you go to this property in Monroe that I'm in contract with and put a lockbox on the door and I'll pay you $1,000 when it closes? And I was like, sure. Literally, the property was down the street from where I was living with my parents. Put a lockbox on the door. He wholesaled the house for like 10 grand. He gave me $1,000. And I was like, holy shit, I just made $1,000 to put a fucking lock on the door? This is insane. So that was like technically the first dollar I made in real estate. But anyway, fast forward to my first deal from a bandit sign in Poughkeepsie, this lady Cheryl called and I went to Dave and I said, Hey, I think I have a motivated seller. She was up to her neck in taxes and she inherited the property. Her daughter was living there like rent free, typical deal. Like, that's like usually how these things go down. And you know, he, Dave helped me. He was like, yeah, I'll find a buyer and we'll split it 50, 50. And we found a buyer. We made $10,000, split it down the middle, 50, 50. I made $5,000 and I went back to my parents and I was like, Hey, this business works. Cause they saw me every day, basically working not making any money, basically paying to do business, paying to work at that because I was spending money on bandit signs and whatnot in time. That first deal taught me that it's true. It, it got me to believe that the business worked because you hear all these people making money, but then like, you know, you're, you're basically, you don't know if it works for yourself. You hear other people having success and you're like, well, maybe it works for them, but I, I haven't done a deal yet. But anyway, that deal happened. I made money and I was like, this is cool. I remember when I made that money, it was the first time, well, technically the second time, but really the first time I made any sort of substantial money and a thousand bucks is nothing to sneeze at if you're 20 to put a lock on the door, but that was more of a, like a referral thing or a finder's fee. Anyway, I remember I made money without having to have a job. Yeah, did I put effort into that deal? Sure. Did I technically spend time on it? Sure. But my income wasn't tied to me being somewhere for a fixed amount of time. And I could basically do that whenever I wanted in theory. And it really kind of changed how I saw money after that. And I remember after that, I think the next deal I made another $5,000 wholesaling a property in Ossining, New York to another mentor of mine, Frank and Larry. I'm still good friends with them to this day. We've done business dozens and dozens of times. But while I was kind of dabbling in these deals, I technically worked for Dave and I was like his lead manager for a couple months. And then I technically worked for Larry and Frank and I was their acquisitions manager for a couple months. So the mentors that I sought out I added value to them in their business for a certain amount of time in exchange for knowledge, right? And then I started uh, wholesaling Larry and Frank properties. I wholesaled them a couple houses. And then the first time I actually, and I, I'm just doing this through bandit signs and like handwritten direct mail. And then I eventually graduated to a printer and I would just handwrite the envelopes or whatever, fold the envelopes. But I was just kind of, you know, what's that word? Uh, guerrilla marketing with a shoestring budget. And at the time, this was a different market where it was a lot easier to get sellers to call you because it wasn't as saturated as it is now, but that's a different story. Business obviously still works. But I remember first deal that I kind of was like, holy smokes on, I remember it was uh, in Greenwood Lake and it was from actually a direct mailer. It was a tax delinquent seller and they inherited the property. It, it had title issues and it was vacant and needed a ton of work. And I wholesaled it to Larry and Frank for 15 grand. And I found out they actually wholesaled it to someone else for 85 grand, but you know, you can't count other people's money. And I was happier than a pig and shit to make friggin' what was that, $15,000. It was crazy for a young kid in his 20s. And I remember I was like, if you really look back maybe on my Facebook or whatever, or maybe on my old phone or something, like there's a, there's a picture of me holding the check for 15K up. And I was like, holy shit, I just made $15,000. This is crazy. And then from there, just was kind of dabbling doing deals and realized that New York was a difficult market to operate in. And still was doing deals and kind of getting by, but I didn't really have a business per se. It wasn't that consistent. So I remember I was kind of at a crossroads where I was like, I can continue to do this in New York. And it's really hard with these attorneys. They all want down payments. And like at the time, I wasn't even getting these things in contract. I was just basically getting the yes from the seller. And then I'd have like the buyer put it in contract and pay me the wholesale fee under the table. 
And I knew that wasn't sustainable because you're not in control of anything. So anyway, uh, I think I did a couple like deals on my own in New York where I went direct with the seller. But anyway, I was kind of like, all right, New York's really hard. It's a pain in the ass with attorneys and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, maybe it's easier somewhere else. And I looked at the properties I was doing. And I was like, man, all these deals that were making decent money were like happened to be like vacant houses. And I remember I ran into um, this company, a good friend of mine to this day. I was on the phone with him today for an hour. Larry Higgins was Skip Genie. And he was talking about going after vacant houses. And I'm like, that sounds interesting. So I learned about that, educated myself. And then I was like, you know what? Let me try to do this virtually because I really wanted to do the business virtually. I didn't want to have to physically be at these properties because I knew that was kind of a chain. And I knew I wanted to move out of New York. So I was like, I remember now we're fast forwarding up to like 2018. This is like the year 2018. 2017, I was learning about this. 2018, I started actually implementing this. And I was like, all right, I'm going to do deals in Dallas, Texas. I'm going to be a real estate investor in Dallas, and I'm going to see if it's easier to do this in Texas. And I, you know, as this is happening now, and I'm just trying, I'm kind of like going forward and then going backwards a little bit here. As this is all happening, and I'm like trying to go into Dallas to do real estate, which is kind of random, but I, it made sense like for how big it was and some of the laws there. But as this is going on, I don't have any notoriety. I'm still like some dude who's barely doing deals who doesn't really know anybody except for like people in my local market. So I joined a sales training from this guy named John Martinez who has since sold his company to somebody else, another friend of mine, Jerry Green. And uh, he had this brand new sales training program. And I knew that a problem I had at the time was like, I didn't know how to sell. I didn't know how to communicate to sellers. I didn't know how to negotiate. I had no system. I was just kind of like winging it. And I'm like, well, if I get sales training, that'll probably fix that, which ended up being the case. And I remember I joined John's training program. It was thousands of dollars and I joined it and I had the money. So I paid for it and you know, I was doing deals. So I was able to justify that. But I joined his program. It was pretty new. Like I was probably one of the newest, like I was probably one of the first, I don't know, 20, 30 students in there. I'm guessing. I don't really know, but I was fairly new. Uh, it was, it was new. And I was one of the newer students, I guess, maybe in the intro of that company he started. And the way that I started to get on the map, and then I'll fast forward up to Dallas and take you through that journey is he was doing these live trainings every week. And you'd go on, he'd have slides up, and he would speak over the computer. And, you know, you're able to participate in these things. You're able to basically participate on these calls. And you could raise your hand, and he would answer. And a lot of people were shy. They didn't want to talk. And I spent all this money on the sales training. I, didn't, I need to get the most out of it. I went all into this thing. And eventually, I started participating on these calls. And I would chime in, and I would ask questions. And I would Remember at the time he gave out his Voxer, which is basically a walkie-talkie app, and I would Voxer him questions, and I'd tell him about deals. And he started to realize that I was very serious about this, and I started to get better results. So as that progressed, he asked me, and this is crazy thinking about this now, because I wasn't even like that successful, like barely getting by, honestly. He was like, hey, you seem to really understand this pretty well. You know, I, I like you, and I, I think that there might be a way we can work together more closely. And I didn't really know what he meant by that, but I was like, sure, man, what do you, what can I do to help? You know, that's always been my attitude and that's served me very well. And he was like, well, listen, I can tell, you know, the sales training stuff, which I did, but I didn't really have the business to back it up. So I kind of felt like a little bit of an imposter for a minute. He's like, listen, I have all these people who want more in-depth training and I don't really want to do it. I want somebody to help me do that. If I can get some clients to pay us $3,000 a month, and I get us like three to five clients because I got a laundry list of people who want to do this. Would you want to split this with me and you can basically do the trainings? And I was like, holy shit, sure, I'd absolutely do that. So 
Turns out we get like four freaking clients paying us $3,000 a month. So it's $12,000 of gross income, not even technically buying houses. So I was getting half of that, six grand a month for a fucking kid in his 20s who could barely tie his shoes. And I started to train, sales train people when I really didn't even know. Well, I knew what I was doing. I knew the concepts, but I didn't have as much experience at the time. And I was having these people pay me, and I was training these companies who were buying probably three, four, five times as many houses as I was. But I was their sales trainer, and I was actually helping them. And I started to understand. I remember my first call, I was fucking so nervous doing this shit. Like, holy shit, I'm getting paid, you know, what, $400 an hour to talk to these people, and I barely know what I'm doing? Like, I was super nervous. And I, after doing a bunch of these calls, I, I started to really help these people. And I would understand, I would teach them what I learned. And then I was also buying houses. So I was able to kind of put my two cents onto it. And over time, what happened and part of the deal that we made was he's like, I'm part of these masterminds. You can come to these masterminds with me. This will be part of the deal we're going to make. So I started going to these masterminds and getting well connected with all these very successful investors. At the time, they're more successful than me. And some of them still are. And some of them I'm more successful than now. And I started to become instantly credible because I was associated with John. And this is where I got a little lucky. John happened to just start that sales training business. I happened to chime in and get my two cents in there. So that was effort and, you know, willpower and, you know, I guess determination or whatever you want to call it. But I kind of got lucky with John and I was in the right place at the right time. And I took advantage of that opportunity. And what that did, I'm not trying to sound like I'm Jesus because I'm not, but what that did was that gave me instant credibility and it got me in rooms I otherwise would not have been able to get into because I didn't know anybody unless I knew John. So now because I was associated with John as like his quasi partner, I had all this instant credibility and people were coming up to me and asking me questions. It was freaking weird as fuck. And I was like 22 years old or 21 years old. And I, I was 22, I think. And I was like going to these seminars all across the country, California and Texas and it was Florida and it was just crazy. And I like all of a sudden I had this like overnight credibility. I was like Greg Helbeck, John Martinez, just John Martinez's protege. And I had all these connections that I that I would have otherwise not had. And I was like, holy shit, this is crazy. So when I did that, I had all this credibility now. I now I could, you know, people would answer my calls and they knew who I was because I was associated with John. And when I wanted to go do deals in Dallas, I met a guy at a mastermind through John who I, he seemed like a nice guy and still is a very nice guy and, you know, nothing but great things to say about him. And I was like, hey, man, I see you're in Dallas. You know, let's connect. I might do some business here. And, you know, he probably was like, okay, whatever, dude. And I remember he just seemed like a very nice guy, and he is. And uh, his name's Jason, and he's an awesome freaking dude, huge giver. And I remember a couple weeks after that, I think I met him, I forget when I met him, maybe February of 2020 or no, February of 2018 or something like that. This is kind of dating myself, but I called him and I said, Hey, remember me from that mastermind? He said, yes, I do. I said, listen, I got a deal and the seller can't sign electronically. Do you want to go sign this seller up and find a buyer and we'll split it 50, 50. And he was like, yeah, for sure. So we split a deal 50, 50. I think we probably made, I don't know, 20,000, 15,000. No, 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 no. Never mind. It was 18,000, $18,000, nine grand. Never saw the house, never met the seller. Didn't do much work besides get the lead. And then the next week I called them again and we had another property. It was $30,000 wholesale deals, 15 grand net to me. Bank of hip national, as I say, from New York, never saw the house, never met the seller. And I did two virtual deals. And the way that I was finding these deals is I was taking lists, tax delinquent lists when it wasn't saturated. It still works, but it's a little harder now. 
And I was taking these lists and I was putting them into the software that flagged all the vacant houses called AccuZip. And you can use different softwares now called like Invelo. There's a billion of them. And I would take these tax delinquent leads that were vacant via the software. And I would call the owners. And a lot of these properties were inherited because they were vacant. They owed taxes. A lot of the heirs didn't want to deal with it. And I was calling in the problems base. I was basically reverse engineering where the deals were. And there was a plethora of these in Dallas in 2018. And I was just basically one out of six leads was a deal. So basically from like 2018 to 2020, I went from making like, you know, I think before I started doing deals in Dallas, I probably made, I don't know, 30 to 40 grand on my own in New York. And then like in 2018, I made over a quarter million dollars and it like changed my life financially at least. Moved to California because I didn't need to physically be anywhere because I was doing all this stuff virtually and we we're doing three to four deals a month. Yeah, I was splitting them, but I was still walking away with a considerable amount of money with basically no overhead. I was calling these people on my fucking cell phone. It was insane. And it was just nuts. And I was making all this money. And I was like, holy shit, I am. And now at that point too, I'm still doing the sales training thing. I'm making money flipping house, wholesaling. And then we eventually got into flipping houses. We were closing on these things in cash because I had money saved from all the wholesale deals. And I was like, holy shit. Like, it's like, you know, you hear the success story. It's like, oh, like, it's like a hockey stick. Like it's like flat and then it shoots up and all of a sudden, you know, you look back and you're like, wow, that was awesome. And I, I remember like bef until it happened, I was kind of like, well, that seems cool, but it hasn't happened yet. So like, what the fuck? Like, what, what am I doing wrong? And then it like, it happened and you're like, holy shit, like you're making more money than you ever thought of. And it's almost like it happens overnight, but it was the compound effect of all those years of, of knowledge and networking and working and persistence and discipline and all that stuff, all this stuff that re is required to be successful. And anyway, so I'm doing that, making, you know, a lot of money flipping properties and wholesaling. I'm making, you know, probably uh, eight to $12,000 a month in addition with John from sales, basically being a consultant, you know, a coach, whatever you want to call it, making that kind of money. So two income streams coming in money at that point was no longer an issue. And it happened quick. It wasn't like, it was like, you know, like it, it, it happened quick once it started working. That's what I meant. It happened fast when it started working well, it took years to get there, but it started working. And now I'm living in San Diego. I moved to San Diego. I'm living on my own kind of like living the dream. And, you know, uh, I started to realize after doing this, like, you know, there was only so many of these distressed properties in Dallas and it was kind of a grind. So I was calling for like four hours a day, making good money, but I was basically just tied to my phone and texts and whatnot. So I kind of realized, I was like, you know what, eventually I'm going to run out of these properties in Dallas. And like, this doesn't really seem like a scalable model, but I made a bunch of money doing that. But now because of that, I had experience, I had a network, I had money saved. So I was like, I can actually spend money in New York now, like on mail, because I really wanted to get into direct mail to like do real business because like I have money saved, and I have experience. So I started direct mailing in New York back in like uh, 2019-ish, I think. And um, it was like crazy back then. You could spend two grand and make 30 and it was like, it was nuts. So I started just trading money for deals instead of trading time for deals. And while I started the direct mail, I was still doing deals in Dallas, making money there. But I started to understand how to do direct mail. And I learned from a guy named Todd Swaggerty, Yellow Letter HQ, who I met at that mastermind through John. That's kind of like the hint here is like that was a real force multiplier on my journey so far. So I met him, taught me about direct mail at the mastermind, started mailing, started making money now just mailing properties instead of calling them. Still was making money from calling because I had a lot of momentum built up. And now I was like basically just a direct response marketer because I was spending money on the mail and I was making way more than I was spending. And I was like, oh my God, every time I put a dollar in, I get like six back. This is crazy. 
started doing that. And then I remember I ran into like a six figure deal. My first ever six figure deal was uh, actually from like a vacant house. There was a New York in Nanuet in Rockland County. It was a it was like an inherited property that was vacant and it kind of like did like a Dallas, Texas on it where I tracked down the owner and he was like, yeah, I want to sell. And I, I made like 101,500 on that. And I bought the house with hard, it was the first time I got hard money because I had the money saved to put the down payment down and pay for the rehab in cash, which is a small rehab. But I remember I bought this house, basically did like a cosmetic update to it, sold it, made like 101,500, put a check for six figures in my account. And I was like, holy shit, like net, not gross. And I was like, I made, I remember I had a goal to make a hundred grand on a property. And I hit that goal like right around the deadline. And I think I was a little bit late, but it really opened my eyes up to like, holy shit, like this is crazy. You can do very well in this business. So since then, you know, to kind of like fast forward that, you know, went from like hustler to like direct marketer. And then a couple years out, I did that for a while, still making money being a sales trainer, you know, doing very well. And fast forward to like, you know, 2020-ish, still doing that type of business, spending money on mail, doing some vacant houses in Dallas. And then 2021, I, I hired an assistant and I had to kind of outsource some stuff. And then in later part of that year, I hired uh, Brett, who now works with us. He's basically like a partner at this point. Started having him buy houses and he's an acquisitions guy, still is to this day. And slowly over time, built my business up, built my business up to where we do over a million bucks now. Started buying rental properties and, you know, it's almost like once you get momentum, you know, you it, it seems like it's easier, but you really just get better with knowledge and experience and skills, right? So as obviously, you know, I hired people like now, you know, we got a business with probably do 55 properties this year in New York, Delaware, Nevada, and California, but built the business up, right? It, it, it happened one week at a time, honestly, one week at a time and, you know, got it to now where we're doing over a million bucks in, in gross revenue, not net profit. But, you know, it's been a heck of a journey and some key lessons I wanted to distill on this podcast is there's a few things I want anyone who watched or listened to this to realize is number one, a lot of people don't like to hear this, but timing is very important in business, right? I'm not saying it's luck because it's not luck, but I got into the business and I don't want this to shy someone away from going out there and doing it. I don't want, that's not the, the, the goal here, but I was in the right place at the right time with John Martinez and that opened up more doors than I could have ever realized. And it's still to this day, like put me on the map as a real estate guy who a lot of people know with podcasts and all that stuff. Second thing I got started when I was pretty young. And if you're not young watching this, don't be deterred, but I got started really young and I learned a lot of skills and a lot of habits at a young age that I've been able to use in my career so far. So, it doesn't matter if you're young or old, it doesn't really matter. It's it, you got to get started and you have to build up your mindset first. And then when you build up your mindset, you'll build up your skill set, right? And a lot of people say that and then they stop. But what I'm going to, I'm going to continue on with that. And in real estate investing, if you want to be a house flipper, wholesaler, whatever, landlord, you got to build your mindset up first. You got to change your beliefs. You got to change your self image, which is kind of like your beliefs. You got to change your attitude about things. Once you have that figured out, and that comes through books and reflecting and talking to people who are more successful than you, you got to then build your skill sets up, right? Because if you have a good mindset, you're going to get the skill set, right? If you have, you're not going to have the skill set without the mindset either. It's funny. It's like you need the mindset before you get the skill set. And the only way you're going to get the skill set is with the mindset. So the mindset comes first. But 
when it comes to skills, right, here are some real skills that you need to master if you want to be good in this business. Number one, you got to understand how to analyze investment property. How do you analyze a piece of real estate to figure out what it's worth, what the construction cost is going to be? That's super important. And not a lot of people talk about that. You got to know what property is worth. Like if you're buying and selling something, you need to know what something could be worth so you can determine what you can pay for it. So that's the first thing you got to work on. You got to get really good at by just running deals and talking with people and honestly getting a mentor to show you how to run numbers. That's the cheat code. The second thing is you got to understand marketing. You got to know lead generation. You got to understand how to, how to do lead gen. You got to know how to get leads, whether you're doing that through prospecting, which would be like cold calling or through marketing, which would be more like direct mail or Google ads. But you need to understand how to generate leads into your business, whether you're a one man show or whether you have a big business. That's the second thing. The third thing, you need to know how to effectively communicate with people. You got to know how to negotiate with people. You got to know communication and negotiation. So when you get these leads, you know how to make money with them, right? You got to know how to do that. That's super important. You have to realize it's a critical skill set. So, and then the last thing I'll say, so that to summarize, it's you got to get your mindset optimized, fixing your beliefs, fixing your habits, all that stuff. Read the compound effect by Darren Hardy. That'll help you with that. Read psycho cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz. Great book. Think and grow rich, rich dad, poor dad, all that stuff. And then you got to understand skill set. You got to understand how to evaluate property. How do you analyze real estate? How do you know what a deal is? It's super important. That's a big problem I see with new people. You got to know how to lead gen. You got to understand how to generate leads consistently. You got to understand how to communicate with sellers and understand how to negotiate. And then the last thing I'll say is you got to understand time management, priority management, how to work effectively, how to work on the right stuff. So you take a time management skill set, you take a communication skill set, you take a lead generation skill set take a property analyzation skill set. You combine all that stuff with the right mindset, you'll be successful. It would be impossible to not be successful. And you got to understand networking. You got to know how to get in the right room with the right people. Sometimes you got to pay to be there. Sometimes you meet someone like John and you happen to get there by being associated with somebody, but it's stuff you got to understand timing, right? Like you got to be, sometimes you got to be in the right place at the right time. Like a lot of real estate deals, like motivated sellers, the reason you're buying the house half off is because you're in the right place at the right time. That seller's calling you on the day they want to sell and they happen to pick your postcard up out of the other 10 they have on their dresser. So those are some principles I want to share with you after giving you like my journey. Hopefully you got value from this and my intention on this was not to brag or tell you how cool I am or how successful I am. That's not my goal and I genuinely mean that. My goal is to share with you how I went from brand new, didn't know my ass from my elbow to where I'm at now, right? That's, that was my intention is to, to help you by sharing you, you, with you my story. And then sharing with you the beliefs and the habits and skill set, mindset, lead gen, communication, analyzing properties, time management, and then the mindset stuff. So hopefully you got value from this. This is a long, might have been the longest solo podcast I've ever done. So if you did get value, obviously, please subscribe to the podcast, share the YouTube video, like the video. And if you want to do a deal with me, if you're in the Hudson Valley, Reno, San Diego, or Delaware, you want to do a deal with me, Greg at VelocityHouseBuyers.com. Email me or just Instagram DM me at Grego37. I'll see you guys in the next podcast. Take care. Hope you got value.